It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're diving into more Vikings, Lions, stats, facts, and recaps, and what the injury report says for guys like Andrew Booth, Harrison Smith, and Dalvin Cook. It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Carol 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you're going to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red-hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stick. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with superior sports talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at another episode. Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota, your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which, by the way, you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. So be sure to look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV, and up on CARE 11. Reg, Tuesday today, week three in the NFL, already officially in the books, man. Are you ready for London, my friend? <laughs> Let's hear it. Give me that British accent. Let's go. Let's hear it. Oh, You're no. You're you up. don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it. It's it's terrible. I don't want to embarrass anyone. Uh, here's we'll, the thing, Rich. We'll I set the bar pretty low a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. So uh, I don't think it could be any worse than mine. Hey, lots to get into. But first, <laughs> remember, follow along Locked on Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment. And on Twitter, give us a follow at Locked on MIN. And remember, we're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. Tons of great choices over there. You got the Ron Johnson show, the football party, and more. Your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button, and drop us a five-star review. All right, to football we go. Dust is settled. Vikings, Lions. Vikings moved to 2-1 and one and tied with the Packers for the division lead. Bears, Lions, right behind them both at 1-2. and two. Reg, we got about halfway through our game recap yesterday, so let's pick up where we left off. But first, KOC spoke to the media Monday with updates on three big names. Andrew Booth Jr. is expected to be back in the mix this week. And Harrison Smith sounds like he's going to be a go versus the Saints coming out of that concussion protocol. Finally, Dalvin Cook. It's got that separated shoulder. Sounds like, though, he's already said he's willing to play. It's just a matter of the Vikings training staff will give them the green light. Let's start in the secondary, though. Those guys have been getting gashed up, man. 29th in the NFL in passing yards allowed. So it would be awfully prudent to get Harry and Booth back on the field in London. Yeah, you know, we talked to Andrew Booth uh, last week, and he was just talking about how he felt like he was close. He felt like he was close to getting back. And look, they drafted him. <clears throat> Excuse me. They drafted him in the second round. He had a first round grade because this guy is supposed to be a shutdown corner in the NFL. And look, his health is a big thing. If he can't stay healthy, then he can't even prove whether or not he can play or not. You know, I, I think he has the game. You know, coming in to training camp, getting rowdy with his fellow teammates right out of the gate, you know, picking off Kirk Cousins, all that stuff. Like, you see flashes of him being great. And I think, you know, Patrick Peterson is not going to play forever. You know, you like some things that Cam Dantzler does, but is he CB1? You look at a guy like Andrew Booth as a possible CB1 moving mm -hmm. forward. 
but he's got to be available. And so what you hope is that, you know, he pick himself back up from this hamstring injury, get out there and really show and prove what he's worth. But the the secondary obviously needs the help. They play all this shell coverage soft off the 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 wide receivers. And on Sunday, the Lions just picked them apart. They were like, oh, okay, you guys are going to play off? Okay, we're just going to hit you underneath and, and yak you to death. You know, that fourth and five to Amon Ross St. Brown, where he goes 30 yards, like, comes to mind. And so there were times where, you know, uh, DJ Shark getting open, doing his thing. There was a lot to be desired from that defensive secondary. They did tighten up down the stretch. But there were just times where you just saw, like, they need a little bit more juice. They need some oomph. And Andrew Booth Jr. coming back to the lineup would be necessary for them. How much he would play, though, in London remains to be seen. Yeah, yesterday on the football party, Sam asked me, hey, Luke, is this more on Donatel or is this more on the secondary as a whole? I said, well, Donatel certainly needs to make some adjustments for sure, but... He just right. might not have the right talent back in the secondary to run the schemes and coverage he wants to run. Remember, he comes from that Fangio defense. They run a lot of cover one. Does that mean you put a safety in the box and you leave those corners out on the island? Donatel just might not have the confidence right now in these cornerbacks to be able to do that right now. So getting Booth and Harrison Smith back would be obviously mm -hmm. huge. And then as far as Dalvin goes, where do you sit on this? Obviously not the same thing, but maybe on a smaller scale. Matt Hasselback was talking about Justin Herbert and how he played through the same rib injury instead of just taking the week off. And he said he wished mm -hmm. he wouldn't have because it lingered the entire year after that. He was never the same. Connecting any dots here with Cook, especially when you got a backup like Madison, who we've seen carry the load plenty of times as a starter. Would you rather see them just sit Cook, get healthy, or is Cook just too special that when he's on the field, he can just change the game? You'll take him any way you can get him. I think you just take them any way you can get them because if you look at last season when that injury happened and this is kind of like a re-aggravation of that same injury, man, the dude put that harness on and do you remember that game against the Steelers? Like, he mm -hmm. looked all world. And mm -hmm. it was just like, uh, is he hurt or is he not? Like, this dude He's is faking. killing it. He's faking. I know. <laughs> you know, some type of crazy injury ends up hitting Dalvin, it seems like, every year. And it's unfortunate. This injury, I don't know if there's a, a case where, you know, you're like, oh, get him healthy. It sucks that this happened in week three because now this is something that he's just going to have to manage and deal with throughout the rest of the year. What you are looking at is possibly a situation where, you know, last year he was just able to rest it and be okay. But it sounds like the dislocation was a little bit more prone to happen because of him not getting it addressed last offseason with the labral tear and all that that Tom Pelissero got into. And so I don't think there's a situation where he's necessarily healthy this year. And so if he feels like he's ready to go, he can throw that harness on. We've seen him last year doing the same thing and coming out and producing in big ways. That being said, like you do have confidence in Alexander Madison. I'm looking at a couple games last year, looking at week three. Madison led the team with 112 yards. Uh, week five, he led the team with 113 yards. A couple more times, he had 90 yards. 
like when he came in to spell cook he was solid and you, you know you got numbers like last week with the seven carries for 28 yards and a touchdown like that's solid but when he came in for actual like duty in place of cook he did his thing and honestly, you look at Madison and he runs different. Someone uh, at the game on Sunday was making a um, a comparison that Madison runs a little bit more like Cook. Like he's he's been behind him for a few years now. He kind of emulates Cook's running style. Mm-hmm. You know, Dalvin Cook is one of those running backs that, you know, he always falls forward. He always gets the extra yardage. And early on in his career, Madison – his, you know, center of gravity wasn't necessarily, you know, the same as Cook. But now you look at Madison, man, he's a beefy dude, man. Like, he's he's a big guy. And you see him kind of absorb some of that contact. You think about that touchdown run on Sunday. Like, he went beast mode <laughs> on that thing. And that's something that is kind of like an evolution of his game. And so... Yes, Cook is an elite back in the NFL. You're talking about a top five back in the NFL, in my opinion. But the drop-off is not that drastic when you think of Cook to Madison because Cook has really shown himself to be more than serviceable as a back in the NFL. I think you rest him. I think you rest Cook. And the difference between the Steelers game versus where we're at now, the Steelers game was what, week 14, week 15? It was do or die time for the Vikings at that point. They needed those wins. It's so early. There's so much football left to be played. How many times during the summer did we sit here and look at PFF rankings, ESPN rankings, Vikings running back room, top five in the league, consensus, sometimes even number two Mm -hmm. or three. And that's why you got these guys right now for the depth purposes you mentioned it Sunday Madison he's just running like he's hungry like he's playing for a job Mm -hmm. like he knew like he heard all those rumors that he might get traded or that the writing's on the wall he's a free agent this year he looks like he's hungry and playing for a job I say give him a crack at that this time and sprinkle a little Mm -hmm. bit of Kenny Nwangu maybe Ty Chandler's active for the first time this year I don't think there's any point in rushing Dalvin back at this point again because he is so special and I'm sure if he Mm -hmm. played he would still provide that spark in the offense but there's so much football left to be played. Speaking of injury reports, the Saints, awfully banged up too, man. Starting at the top with Jameis. Jameis is basically playing with like a broken back right now. Their offensive mm. line went healthy. They've got four first-round picks on that offensive line, but they're dinged up right now. They began the season with their third-string left tackle, James Hurst, starting. So keeping tabs on both teams' injury reports going to be a focal point kind of as we preview this game throughout the week. And speaking of offensive lines... The Vikings unit has been maybe the most consistent group all offseason. We Mm -hmm. talked about Garrett Bradbury holding up. Well, I don't know about you, Reg. I haven't called Garrett Bradbury's name one time all season yet. And probably playing next to Ed Ingram certainly hasn't hurt so far. Ingram kind of been a bulldozer in the running game at times. Certainly plenty Mm -hmm. of growing pain still in the pass protection department. O'Neal and Ezra Cleveland, they've just been rock solid per usual. And Christian Derrissoff. Man, oh, man. Good oh, man. The hype was real. The hype was real. Trent Williams 2.0. Maybe they weren't kidding. Sunday, Derrissaw lined up in 42 pass sets and allowed zero pressures, according to PFF. I tweeted a video of him in a critical juncture of the game yesterday. Three minutes left. Needed a drive. Everyone knows you're passing. And he's just out there manhandling Aiden Hutchinson. Thoughts on the mm-hmm. O-line for the Vikings thus far through three weeks? Hey, 
Looking good, man. Looking good. They ended up clearing the way for, you know, between Dalvin and Madison, 100 yards rushing between the two of them, two touchdowns. When Dalvin scored his touchdown, he gave the ball to Ed Ingram to spike. And that was nice. That was a nice touch because Ingram has been very, very good in the run game. And you look at it too, you know, Cousins was pressured quite a bit on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Only sack once though. But only one sack? Yeah. Yeah, only one sack. And he was, you know, in the face of pressure, he delivered. And Mm -hmm. look, they gave him a clean enough pocket to work. You know, he had a pressure in his face when he threw the game-winning or what turned out to be the game-winning touchdown to K.J. Osborne. He was standing in there, and he was a little bit more confident with the guys up front. We know, look, from the Philly game, when Kirk is rushed, when he's hurried, he's not playing well. He gets a little bit of some happy feet. His internal clock starts ticking. He's looking to check it down. And that's not efficient for this offense. They need him looking downfield and doing his thing. What's cool about it is he has the confidence, or he should have the confidence in his offensive line to be able to just scan the field, survey his options, and do what he needs to do because they are largely keeping him clean. You know, this is a this is a, a stellar offensive line group from Darasaw. On over to O'Neal, you know, you look at those guard spots with Cleveland and Ingram, and as the weeks are going on, they just seem to be picking up a little bit more steam. I think Ingram leaves a little bit to be desired in the pass blocking uh, sector of his game, but he's just a rookie, and he's going against this NFL competition, so you expect him to get better and better as the weeks go along. But so far, so good for this line, and hopefully they can keep it up as the season goes along, especially, you know, with you saying, look, haven't really said much about Bradbury. Bradbury's going to mess around, play himself into a new contract with the Vikings. How about that? Ooh, how how about that? Oh, man, oh, man. (laughs) Hey, you remember my bold prediction this summer about Ed Ingram? Do you remember what I threw down on the gauntlet? Do you remember what I threw on the table? What was it? Ed Ingram will be the starting right guard for the Vikings for the next 10 years. I knew he would start week one. I knew we would never give it up. And I think he plays through that rookie contract. Obviously, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but still, have some fun with me here. He's going to play through that rookie contract. They're going to sign him to a a long-term four-, five-, six-year deal. And uh, the rest is history, man. I think they found their right guard finally after a decade of searching. PFF, I don't treat it like gospel. Certainly, there's just a human element part of the game. You just can't put on analytics and numbers. But it certainly is a part of the equation when it comes to assessing football play. Here's the PFF numbers on this offensive line. Four of the five guys are in the top 20. And remember, there's about 75 players at each position. Darisaw's 14th in the league at left tackle out of 70. Ezra Cleveland's 20th out of 73 guards. Garrett Bradbury's 6th out of 35 centers. 6th! Ingram, 43rd out of 73 guards. And O'Neal, 12th best right tackle out of 70 tackles in the NFL. All in all, through three weeks pretty good. They've been a pleasant surprise for sure. Vikings fans know it's been over again a decade since maybe the Brett Favre run. Ed Ingram, I think the missing piece there, they finally nailed that in the second round. Other rookies though, unfortunately, kind of been nowhere to be found. Asamoah, he's been a standout on special teams. That's a great sign for things to come, but you wonder when they'll get him maybe involved in the defense. Booth has been dinged up. We talked about that. Lewis Seen, 
I just saw him on a milk carton, man, because he's a ghost. Can't can't beat out Can Bynum. That's one thing. That's okay. Not too worried about that. Can't beat out Josh Metellus. That's another. Cause for concern that scene still isn't close to cracking the starting lineup, or they just take in a rookie along slowly. Where's your panic meter at with Lewis? So I'm trying not to panic right now. Um, what's interesting is you draft Lewis scene to possibly be the heir apparent to Harry. And mm -hmm. When Harry is not playing, Scene is not playing. I don't think he had a did he did he have a defensive snap? I don't in think the game? so. Yeah, he had one versus Philly. Did. I don't think he had any. Yeah. Metellus played all 76 defensive snaps. Scene hmm. played 15 on special teams, but none on defense, according to Kevin Seifert. Okay. I'm not really sure what's going on. You know, they, they drafted this guy as probably the most, like, quote-unquote NFL-ready guy, plug-and-play. You know, him and Kyle Hamilton, two plug-and-play guys. You just put them right in there, and they're ready to go for, for their defensive acumen. And, you know, that defense that scene manned with Georgia, like, you just thought, like, oh, okay, yeah, like, so many of those defensive guys ended up getting drafted and you're like, these guys are ready made for the NFL. And I don't know if he's just not getting the defense good enough or if they're just like, look, we're just trying to make sure he's rock solid, but I don't really know what's going on. It's kind of puzzling, especially when you look at guys like, you know, Booth, Evans, you know, those are two defensive guys that they drafted that are getting snaps, but you're just like, no scene, the first round guy. Like I'm looking at him uh, from the press box on Sunday. He's on the sideline with his helmet in his hand. And I'm just like, what's going on? He's drinking Gatorade on the sidelines. You know, stay ready, I guess. If you stay ready, you don't have to worry about getting ready. But it's puzzling. He's a first round. They, you know, pushed back 20 spots and they felt like they hit a home run at the 32nd spot drafting him. But right now, it's just very little to show for it. It's tough for me because I'm watching this run defense kind of get gashed by Jamal Williams. I'm sitting there mm -hmm. thinking, man. Jordan Davis, that big monster old school nose tackle is sitting right there at number 12. You decide to trade back, get some extra picks. You draft a safety that apparently you didn't even really need between Cam Bynum, Harry, and even Josh Metellus and Jordan Davis, mm -hmm. man, he would have just looked so good next to Harrison Phillips and Dalvin Tomlinson right now. These are the things that go mm -hmm. through my head as I sit alone on my couch and watch these games on Sunday. Vikes start packing their bags for London for their third trip over the pond. Team is 2-0 and already looking for their third straight victory versus the Saints. Sets your alarm clock kickoff 8.30 a.m. Central mm. Standard Time. Mm. Interesting to note, by the way, it sounds like the Saints, they're leaving today. We're recording this on a Tuesday. They're leaving, and they're heading out to London today to get adjusted to the body clock and the time difference and everything else. Vikings aren't leaving until Friday, I believe. Seems really late, but interesting just to see the two different approaches when it comes to kind of game planning for this trip over the pond out to London. Plenty more Vikings and NFL talk to get into. Next, we're getting into our Gimme One set. Segment. But first, Vikings moved to 22-1 to to win the Super Bowl after that victory over the Lions. You can check those odds out and more with BetOnline, BetOnline.net. 
fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, and info. You want it. They got it. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day in the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. Drop us a five-star review or find our videos on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. All right. Time has come. New favorite segments here called Gimme One. Gimme One. First one up, Reg. Gimme One injury that's most devastating to their team as we go around the NFL. Chargers left tackle stud Rashawn Slater. Torn bicep. He's out for the season. 49ers. Maybe the number one offensive tackle in the league. Trent Williams. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. Mac Jones. Patriots quarterback. He's got a high ankle sprain. He's out probably four weeks minimum. And Sterling Shepard. I don't know if you caught it right at the end of Monday Night Football last mm-hmm. night turf monster got him out at MetLife. he could be dealing with a, a serious injury. knee injury so weird man he's probably likely done for the season we'll find out later today what's most devastating give me one so when you talk about injury history i think the most devastating is sterling shepherd mm-hmm. like he was done running his route and it looks like he's just kind of easing up and I don't even understand. Like he, he didn't even seem to be going at any type of speed at like he was done with the route and he was kind of just like jogging. I don't know if he he just planted wrong and like that thing snapped. Like it just looked like classic, like ACL type injury, similar to like what happened to OBJ in the Super Bowl. But OBJ was actually like running full speed. Sterling Shepard wasn't, that was tough. He's wide receiver one for them. That's a, that's a brutal injury for for him. And you start to wonder, you know, how much longer is he going to be a giant after this? Um, honestly, you, you have cause for concern for all of these. Justin Herbert is already hurt, and now he loses his left tackle, like the guy protecting his blind side, the guy that's protecting the guy that's going to be coming to hit more of those ribs. <laughs> and then Trent Williams also protecting Jimmy G's blind side. Like, they already lost their first quarterback. They don't need to lose the other one. I mean, Jimmy G is back there so flustered. He's running out of the end zone like Dan Orlovsky. But I think if you had to pick one, because this is give me one, it has to be Mac Jones. He's the starting quarterback. Anytime you don't have your quarterback, it's a problem. Like, the Patriots are already doing like a just a – you know, mashup of whatever they're doing on offense, whoever's calling plays, Matt Patricia, weird. He's been a defensive guy his whole career, and now all of a sudden he's calling their offensive plays. I I don't know. But you look at the offense, and they seemed to be, seemed to be finding some type of a rhythm with mac and cheese. But he looked, man, he looked in so much pain. It like hobbling over to the sideline. And, you know, those high ankle sprains are tough, man. 
No, they're no like joke. Like you said, four yeah. to six. Yeah, four to six mm-hmm. minimum because it's just it, it's hard to walk, hard to plant, and he needs to do that. To you know, he's not the guy with the strongest arms, so he needs his legs to be like intact if he's going to really like push and power the ball to his receivers. And you look behind him, and you know you're thinking about a guy like Brian Hoyer, and you're just like, look. He's been serviceable in this league, but if you're talking about him having to start any number of games while they're trying to keep up with the Dolphins in the division and possibly, you know, a wild card spot, you don't want to lose your starting quarterback. So if I had to do one, is mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is the right answer. That's correct because you're right. It's the quarterback, most important position, not just in the NFL, but in sports. But I got to mention Rashawn Slater. Chargers, huge expectations going into this season. They're already one and two. Herbert's already dinged up. So he needs Mm. that clean pocket and protection. Rashawn Slater, he's already become one of the best left tackles in the league. Now he's out for the entire season and they do not have a lot of great depth behind him. That's a tough, brutal injury. They're already one and two, brutal division. You lose a stud like that for Justin Herbert and a running game that with Austin Eckler just really hasn't looked the same yet this season like it did mm-hmm. last year. Most brutal injuries of the week. Trent Williams obviously up there as well, but that mm-hmm. one's tough. All right, next one up. Give me one. Give me one coach on the hot seat already through three weeks. You made fun of me because I said Josh McDaniels, but now he's 0-3. He's got the Broncos and Chiefs coming up. They may be 0-5, and I know they just hired him, but Josh McDaniels could be a candidate for one and done. Is there another coach maybe on the hot seat too? Yeah, I'm not worried about Josh McDaniels. Like, they're going to give him, like, a considerable leash. You know, it's interesting because – So many of these teams that were two loss or, you know, winless, they did win. Um, I don't know. Lovey Smith just didn't necessarily always feel like a guy that was secure to me, you know, with the the Texans. But I think they're going to give him a chance to to not be one of the – I think it's trifling. Okay, I'll go there. I think it's trifling for – these teams to make a a coach one and done like unless it's just an abject disaster a la herb down in jacksonville like yep you got to give them some time and look you got to be patient you got to commit to the process here for a little bit Yeah. yeah they've made a considerable investment with um josh mcdaniels you know bringing the gm over the gm is new he hired his guy which was josh mcdaniels they're going to stick that thing out. They got enough talent on that Las Vegas roster where you think they'll they'll turn it around. That's a rough division, but if they can they can get one win to kind of just like break the the seal a little bit. I think they'll be able to kind of rebound a little bit and make something out of their season. The one team and one coach for me where you're just like, I don't know. I don't know. And it's probably a little left field to you. Riverboat. Riverboat. River Run over in Washtown, huh? Yeah. I don't mm. know about them, man. Like, they've had these quarterback issues since Ron has gotten there. And that's tough. He's been winning with guys like Taylor Heineke and, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They tried to do it last year. And, you know, now they got Carson Wentz and the guy got sacked eight times on Sunday, like just brutal. 
some of the whispers that I'm getting from people that I follow in Washington is that, you know, maybe it's not working with their offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, but Ron is a loyal guy and he's just going to continue to stick with his people. You know, maybe that offense, maybe that scheme is not necessarily up to snuff when it comes to all of the other, you know, nuanced systems in the NFL. And he's sticking with them for better or for worse. They looked awful on Sunday. And they're now one and two. And I'm just not sure if I can trust those guys. And if this thing kind of comes off the rails a little bit, maybe you're talking about Ron Rivera being on the hot seat a little bit more. I like Riverboat. Like, I'm a fan. Like, I think he's a great football coach, a great leader out there. But I just don't know, man. it's, It's a little scary hours right now. That division's very interesting, too, because every year it's a different division winner for the last 17 years. That's an NFL record. So you just think every any year this could be Washington's year, maybe this year, but so far no good. I keep going back to Matt Rule. Listen, there's a lot of teams that are one and two, but some teams are clearly more competitive than others. And Carolina Panthers, they may have stole one win, but they just don't look very competitive right now. Again, maybe it's because Baker got in slow to camp. He's still digesting the playbook. Or maybe it's just because they're just not very good. I don't know. I'm keeping my eyes Mm. on Matt Rule. All right, that's a wrap today. Back tomorrow, breaking down more Vikings, NFL, and more. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast, too, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, and leave us a comment. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at ReggieWilsonTV. End up on CARE 11. Check him out every night. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.